Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Well, good morning, everyone. We are back, ladies. <laughs> Thank you again, ladies, for coming yesterday. We had a great time on this side of the of the auditorium, so we hope you guys had a wonderful time back there. We heard some good reports this morning about yesterday, so we're really thankful that you uh, were, were blessed yesterday. Um, it was a good time for us, right, ladies? All right, do you want to greet the ladies? Or greet the ladies and the gentlemen this morning? <laughs> Kendra, first. Hi there. I'm so glad everybody is here. We're excited to talk about some a spiritual reset this morning. Uh, my name is Kendra. I'm married to Pastor Nancy's oldest son, so if you don't know who I am. And I am Guille. Um, I'm married to Rick, the guy that did the announcements this morning. And it's just such a, uh, an honor. I, I always say this, to be in this side of the, of the room is such an honor. And thank you for giving us that opportunity. Yeah, Amen. Amen. And, of course, I'm Pastor Nancy and um, these two gals and their husbands. We make up the pastoral team at this church, and we feel like we've got a really super good pastoral team. We all work together really well, and we're thankful to God for that. Amen. All right. All right. I wanted to start out here with a, a scripture out of the book of Luke, and it's talking about Mary and Martha. Um, and she said, it says, now it came, or I'm sorry, better say Luke 10, Chapter, chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Now it come to pass, comes to, came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And now this is ju not just for ladies. The scripture talks about ladies here, but they came to do what? Hear his word. And that's what you all are here to today, to hear his word. Not our word, but God's word. But Martha was encumbered. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me, to lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And this is the scripture I was getting to. There is need of only one but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. Advantage also means beneficial, favorable. So you guys and gals that are here this morning, coming to hear the word of God is beneficial for you. Beneficial, it's going to help us. It's going to help us grow in the things of God this morning. As we minister from here, we just pray. Father, we pray this morning that there will be words that come out of our mouths or words that you want us to say, Father. Lead us and guide us to help us say the right things at the right time, to minister to these precious people of yours, Father. And even though they will all hear the same words that we say, EJ, Pastor EJ, Pastor Kendra, and myself will say things that we are hearing inside of our spirits, but there will be something that will minister to every single person here this morning that will be beneficial to them to their advantage that will help them this morning and take them further in their walk with you today, Father. We praise you and we thank you, Father, for your word. You're so good. You're so good. Your word is so precious. Your word is so precious. And we thank you for a hunger in people's hearts as, they, as we are doing the reset with the scriptures, of daily reading of our scriptures, Father God. And we thank you that, that the word is working on the inside of us. The word has power to change us and to rearrange us and to rearrange our thoughts and to transform us by the power of your word, Father. We're grateful. We're so grateful this morning for your word. Like Martha, or like Mary, we're going to sitting at your feet to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, it's hard to believe that we're on week three already of our reset program. It's, but it's, it's been good. You, how many of you are feeling like you're, like you're changing on the inside? Can you tell it? Are people noticing it in your, in your household? There's something different about you. Has anybody been telling you that yet? <laughs> I bet God notices it, though. He always sees everything, doesn't he? All right. 
So, so to reset, I love looking up definitions of words, and I follow after Jerry Savell. He does that a lot, too. Uh, reset means to set again or anew, reevaluate, change, adjust, change the position or order of something, to change a routine, behavior, or habit. We're trying to develop a habit, aren't we, of reading the Word of God every single day, whether it's whatever's convenient in our lives, in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon. Uh, we should always be continuously thinking about the things of God anyway. And this is my favorite one. It says, a reset of priorities. Mm, yeah. Priorities in our lives. Um, so what's a priority for you, Gijay, when you're reading your word? Well, just to be sensitive to the, to the Holy Spirit, you know, because he always have, has directions for us. Many times, like we were saying yesterday, we don't know what to do. So in those times of being quiet, it's a time to listen. Because you know we're good, Miss Gijay is good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, and, and we all deal with that, right? We're good at talking and letting out and kind of unloading everything. But it's so hard to be quiet and just be sensitive to hear what he has for us. And, and in that, for me it's a priority because in that moment, one word from God can change Amen. everything. Amen. So. Set your pace for the day. Yeah. yeah, and there is a scripture that says, be still and know that I'm God. Right. Isn't that in Psalms? I think. Yeah, I and yeah. I, I like what you read in there. My, my version says that Martha, when Jesus talked to her, he said, you are worried and upset about many things. And that's kind of what we get into it. So Especially I, in this day and age, this time that we are right now. We are so time. distracted, right? Yes. It's like incredible, all the distractions around us. So I think that our hearts is like we can all get into that reset mode. No like resolutions because those, you know, every year we can make resolutions, but by the second week they're gone, right? <laughs> and we get tired of trying and stuff and, and that's it. But a, mind, a, a reset of our mind setting, it can produce fruit. And I was saying yesterday, we have to be intentional to do those things because they won't just happen. You know, yes. you won't just want to read your Bible because where, you know, the flesh rises up and the busyness of life and distractions and stuff. So you have to set a time. To be, you exactly. have to be intentional to be able to get into that seeking God. Yes. Kendra? One thing, I actually have two priorities that I set for myself at the beginning of this year when we decided to do this, the big reset, and one of them is exactly what this verse says. So right down here in my version, it says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet or listen to my teachings. Mm -hmm. She is undistracted. And I won't take this privilege passion? from her. Yes, yes, it's the passion. And um, that's the passion translation that I just read out of. And so for me, a lot of times, my I have like a to-do list mind. And it's always just going, like making sure that everything is or in order and making sure that I'm not missing anything. So for me to really focus. And so the second priority that I had was apply something that I read today to my life today. And because the word is living, just like mom said, and it can transform your life, or Pastor Nancy, sorry, I was calling mom up here. Um, it transforms your life, and so allowing to be so undistracted to allowing God's word to change my life for today, whatever I read for today. And it's been amazing how I can find at least three things that will apply to my life today or give me a word for somebody in the instant that they need it. Yeah. And I have really, really enjoyed okay, I'm setting apart this time and being undistracted. And that's cool that you've set that time aside and get to receive something to apply. So it's not just about you, but you're using that word to minister to others. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's and you really know, cool. one of the things that I want to say is like, the word of God is what makes the change that will last, right? Exactly. Because there's many good things that come up in the new year. There is a lot of... You know, especially if you get into the media, social media, there is a lot of people, a lot of life coaches and a lot of stuff that will give you good ideas. But those are good ideas only. But when you really get into the Word of God, we were talking about building character. 
You know, it really builds from the inside out. Yeah. It's not just an action that you do out automatically, mm -hmm. but it's something that is coming from your inside. Mm -hmm. So it's permanent. And then it know? makes you yearn for more. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, yes. that was amazing. God, I need more, <laughs> I need more. And then what you started as a discipline or, you know, trying to establish a habit in your life turns into a desire. Yes. And I think that's the coolest. And a lifestyle. Thing. Yes. Absolutely. Lifestyle is what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. Change our lives. Yeah. And so that, so that the fruit of abiding in the word, like the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mm -hmm. self-control. Yeah. Then those show, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and then those are more evident in our lives. We're, mm -hmm. we're more loving, we're more caring, we're more kind, we're more gentle with people. Yeah. It helps us to be fruitful in our lives, and that's rewarding to not only ourselves, to be that person that God wants us to be, but to bless others. Because those are the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible talks, right? Right, About the yeah. fruits of the Spirit. Yes, exactly. But many times when we, and, and this can happen to any one of us. We get busy and we get into the flesh, and all of a sudden you're working and giving out the fruits of the flesh, you know, because you are, that's what you're living on. And somebody does something, and you're so you're easier to offend, you're easier to get mad, you're easier to get frustrated. But when you start feeding yourself and getting the word of God getting you, those fruits are starting to develop and coming out. And so now you're not gonna react just according to that flesh, but you're gonna start giving out from what you're putting in. Yeah, and that's why it's important not to strive in particular or pretend to have the fruits yeah. you're not going for the fruit you're going for what gives you life what gives life to the fruit yeah. right and that's jesus that's the word of god Absolutely. and so yes. the more of that the, you get the more fruit will just happen in your yeah. life yeah. because you're full of and, god and people will say how can you be so happy what's that what you do what are you doing with that smile on your face <laughs> and then you can say uh let me tell you yes. about my source of happiness huh yeah. All right. Okay. Well, so today um, we're going to be talking about honoring the word of God. And honor means high respect and great esteem. These two kind of go together. Um, respect is esteem for a sense of the worth or excellence of a person or a personal quality or ability. Esteem means to regard highly or favorably, regard with respect or admiration. Those words intertwine a lot. A lot. So we're going to be talking about respecting and esteeming the word of God in our lives. Okay. And so um, I, I believe that God respects his word, too, because he says in Psalm 138, too, he says, God has magnified his word above his name. Even he honors his word. He loves his word. And he knows because he knows what his word can do for us. He knows his word will satisfy us. He knows his word will build us up and encourage us. He knows his word will edify us, just be a great help to us. So... Um, we honor God when we have respect for our Bibles by spending quality time in our Bibles, by reading and meditating his word and using his word in our daily lives. Our Bibles contain powerful words. We've already kind of talked about that. Words that can change our lives. Yes. So we're going to talk about being transformers this morning. Yes. <laughs> transform our mind. The Bible talks about that in Romans. By renewing your mind, we transform yeah. our mind from living in fear. Oh, I'm just so afraid to go anywhere today. It's, the, it's icy out here. I'm afraid I'm going to run into somebody or somebody's going to run into me. No, the Bible says, I shall not fear. How many times does it say that in the Bible? I've heard it said 365 times. There's one for every day of the, of the year. But I don't know if that's accurate or not. But, um, so um, we can say, no, God's not giving me the spirit of fear. I have love, power, sound mind. I don't have to be afraid. I've, I apply the blood of Jesus to my life and my car, my vehicle, everywhere I go. I'm safe today. No one's going to hit me. I'm not going to hit a car. Coming in on 2nd Street this morning, there are some slick spots on that street. And as you come by, there are several parked cars that still have snow on them. And I'm going, ah, don't let me hit that car. I'm just, Jesus, 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 kept me out, for, out of that way to not hit one of those parked cars there. But, so anyway, um, so we're going to talk about a couple of areas that we can use the word in our lives, you know, and, and have a spiritual checkup. Use the word of God to have spiritual checkups. You know, sometimes we go to the doctor for um, just physical checkups. Make sure everything's working right, da-da-da-da-da, and 
and, and just it's good to have checkups. What about our vehicle when we, we have to uh, change the oil in it, put gas in it? It needs to be charged up sometimes, right? And so we're just going to talk about a few things that, to use the Word of God in our lives to have a spiritual checkup this morning. Okay. Um, James 1.22 says, be doers of the Word. Be doers of the Word. Obey the message. New Living Translation says, don't just listen to God's Word. Do what it says. Yeah. It doesn't help us to look at it and then walk away and say, oh, that was nice, and not do what Kendra does and find something that you can apply to your life that day using the Word of God. That gives God honor. That gives God honor. Um, in Ephesians 5.1, it says, Be imitators of God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Yeah. It pleases God when we take the Word of God and, and use it in our lives. That's why we have it, right? Yeah. And that's, I think, why it's important to get into the Word of God. Because yes. then you have that role model in front of you. If you don't know how the model looks, how can you imitate something? You know? And, and then you have all the world information that sometimes you're not even asking for. But it, it, it's not even asking us permission to give us their opinion. The world is bombarding us every second in our lives. And so we get filled with all of that, but if we don't have the model in front of us, you don't know how to react in front of those circumstances. And then we see a bunch of Christians, and, and we're not talking to the world right now. We're talking to Christian people. And, and, and the Christians are molding according to the world. It is so sad, but that's the reality we're living on. But where are we lacking? We're lacking on getting into the word of God. We cannot give from what we don't have. Yeah. We're giving out of empty words, you know. I remember many years ago, I was in a, in a meeting, and I felt like the Lord told me, and he said, <laughs> he said, Gija, you can talk a lot. He said, but there's no power in your words. And... You know, it's, it's, it's a sad way to walk. But it's so important to get into this world because that's how we know our, mo our role model, you know? Yeah, and what James was saying, not only getting into the word, but then letting it transform you and let your actions imitate that. Because, you know, to much or to when much is given, much is required. Once you learn, you have a responsibility now to change. It's not like you can just let the word, uh, oh, I changed my mind. And what it says in, in James, you can't just say, I changed my mind. But what it says in James 1.22 in the Amplified, it says, uh, if you're a merely listener to it, you betray yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. So you can say, yeah, the Holy Spirit is working on this on the inside of me through his word. But if I don't change, you're deceiving yourself. If you convince yourself, well, it's okay, society is acceptable to it. It's okay, this is something I've done for my whole life. It's okay, then you are deceiving yourself. Yeah. And so you have to not only get into the word, but then allow it to change you and yeah. let your actions And, and the thing is, like, that. as Christians, I think we fall into error thinking when we say, oh, I'm born again. You know, and, and, and your spirit has been born again. You are a new creature in Christ. That's completely right. But where we err is that we forget that our mind doesn't renew instantly. We have to renew it. In what, it's a process. What you, it's a process. You know, the Bible says renew in the, in the um, it, it, yes, how's that scripture renew goes? Um, Hebrews, is it 12? Let's go there. And it says that we need to renew daily in the, in the process. Oh, my goodness. I'm, going, I'm thinking in the Spanish version right now. But, you know, <laughs> um, where it talks about, who knows that scripture? Let's see. Who knows it? Yes, renewing your mind. Oh, Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2. Okay. What does it say, Pastor Nancy? You have it right oh, wait there. Wait a minute. It says, looking away oh, from all that will distract you. I think of Romans 12, too. That's where it's oh, talking about it transforming Romans? your mind. Okay. Okay, let's go right there. If no, somebody knows, just yell at it really loud. Nancy, Nancy Winslow. Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> 
But y- you know that scripture, I'm going to let you guys um, find yes, it. Yes, Romans 12, 2. Okay. What does it say? Do not be conformed to the world. There we go. This age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. Yeah, so we have to renew our minds. That one, you know, you can be brand new in Christ. You can be, you know, in that. Nobody is denying that. But why do we see a lot of Christians walking so much in the flesh? It's because our minds need to be renewed with the word. You know, I heard a perfect illustration for this, and it was on my heart this morning. I'm like, God, you're going to have to make room for that in this in this uh, message. But it was such a good illustration. So this woman went out to dinner with her husband, and she was saying, oh, this is our favorite restaurant. And when they sat down to order, he ordered something with salad, a steak with salad. And she ordered a steak and a filet mignon and a prime rib or something like huge. And he's like, man, are you really hungry or what? And all of a sudden, this man comes up and tells her, hey, babe, how are you? And she's like, oh, good. I'm so glad you're here. I ordered for you. And she sits down and the husband is like, what? And she's like, this is my boyfriend, such and such, you know. And then pretty soon, another man comes in. And she's like, oh, I ordered your favorite thing. Come join us. And the husband is like, what is going on? We need to talk. And she's like, oh, no, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. I spend the most time with you. You're my favorite. And then the waiter comes over, and he says, hey, babe, is there a problem over here? So there was three boyfriends that came up, but she's married. And the illustration was this. When you truly accept God, you have to break up with your ex-boyfriends. And those ex-boyfriends might be things that you need to get rid of in your life, things that would... Uh, cause your mind not to be renewed or things that are getting in the way of renewing your mind so some things that I was thinking because it was on my heart this morning like gossip how about dishonesty how about um, pride how about pornography how about plotting evil or being manipulative how about uh, slandering or cheating on something All of those things God wants to remove from your life so that you can be imitators of him. And I just thought that was such a good example of allowing the word to renew your mind. Because if you don't break up with those ex-boyfriends and focus on, it doesn't matter if God is your favorite and that you spend the most time with him. He wants your undivided attention. He wants your undivided devotion as your groom because the bible uses the groom and the bride as an example for our relationship with christ and i thought that was a really powerful way that is really good yes all right so let's talk about our mouth and our words for a little bit (laughs) proverbs 18 21 life and death are in the power of the tongue our words can either speak life or speak death our words can build each other's up or take others down our words can speak encouragement or discouragement to people. And how many of you heard that expression? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Isn't that a lie from the enemy all the way around? Broken bones do heal, but broken spirits suffer great damage by words. How many husbands have hurt their wives with hurtful words? How many wives have done the same thing to the husbands with hurtful words? How many... Parents have said hurtful words to their children. How many times have children hurt, our, hurt their parents by their words? So words are so important. Words are so important. I love what the second part of that scripture when it says, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Eat its fruit. There we go. You fruit know? again. And many times we say, I don't understand why this is not working. Are we checking what is coming out of our mouth? You know, because it's not just about wishing stuff. We have to be purposeful in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We have to take action in the kingdom of God. So. And in, in our spiritual checkup here, these words that are hurtful and, and uh, damaging to other spirits, is that something that God wants us to do? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Of course not. So to, to um, be effective with the word of God, we've got to put the word of God in because what goes in comes out. What we put in will come back out. Are we putting in words of 
encouragement, words of life, words of peace, words of uh, help to people? Or are we putting in words of the opposite? You're never going to amount to anything. You da 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 da. No, say you are loved. You, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are. You're very creative. You look beautiful today. You're. Uh, I love your smile this morning. Things like that that encourage people, and especially in this day and age, when you walk out of these doors and go someplace, people are are not receiving that kind of encouragement. They're not. They're just not. Yes. And so, we have to. Uh, Psalm 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Another one says, this is really good. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. How many of you have spoken things sometimes and want to get them back? Because you're sorry you said those things. You make a whole lot of hurt for yourselves. One thing that we always have said is let the word of God govern what you think, say, and do, yeah. right? This is where we should get all of our instruction from is letting the word of God decide what it is that you should be thinking, what it is that you should be saying, and what it is that you should be doing. And remember how I said I wanted to find something in our daily reading to apply to my life today? Since I knew we were going to be talking about this when I read Proverbs 15 this morning, Uh-oh. it's verse after verse after verse about what you should be saying. Oh. In verse number one, it says you should be responding gently, not with a harsh tone, but with a gentle tone. In verse two, it talks about how you should be speaking wisdom. In verse four, it talks about how you should be speaking healing. There's something else in verse four, too. When you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life. Isn't that awesome? When you, Verse seven says you should be speaking wisdom again. And in this wisdom, it says... Um, when wisdom speaks, revelation knowledge is released. But where do you get that wisdom from? It comes from the word of God, right? So yes. if you don't know what you should be saying, turn to Proverbs 15, and it'll give you some clues. Read uh, it today. Yes, and Pastor was telling me yesterday that Proverbs 14 talked about the woman seeking it wisdom. We talked about that a little bit yesterday on the 14th. So, And this is another one out of Ephesians. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. That's what it's about. It's about people. It's about ministering the word of God to people. And it's not sitting up here all the time from the pulpit, so to speak. It's a ministry that we all have to minister good things to people, to be ambassadors of heaven and speaking the good things of about God, what God is, what God can do, how, who God is. God is love. There's nothing but love that oozes out of him. Yeah. Every part of him is love. He's not love once in a while. He's not good, kind and good once in a while. Yeah. No, he's wisdom all the time. Or, I mean, he's love all the time. He's our example. Right. He's our example. Mm-hmm. If he can do it, if Jesus can do it, right. <laughs> he walked on this earth as a man. He knows what trials and tribulations we go through. Yeah. If he can do it, he showed us how to do it. Let's follow his examples. How do we find out his examples? The word of God. The word of God. In John 8, verse 26, it says, um, For I will testify to the world of the truth that I have heard from my Father. So this is Jesus talking. And he's saying, I am going to testify to the world of the truths that I have heard from my Father. Well, how do we hear from the Father? From the word of God. And it says, The Father who sent me is trustworthy. And then verse 28 says, um, You will realize I do nothing on my own initiative, but I only speak the truth that the Father has revealed to me. So when in doubt, keep your mouth closed unless it's the word, right? That's right. (laughs) Just don't say anything (laughs) unless it's something you heard the Father say. That's right. And I think, you know, we need to be conscious to to honor God with our words, especially in front of the world. You know, we are to be different. different, We're a different um, group of people. We're not like the world. And if we're trying to blend even with the world, with our words, when we're in the world, how are they going to see that we have something special inside of us? You know, that's why we have to be careful. My nephew the other day told me, um, he said, Auntie, how is that that you don't curse? You get really, really mad, and I don't hear you cursing. And I said, well, I have decided that I want to honor God with my speech. I don't want to, I said, Let's pretend we're at the store, and all of a sudden I said, you hear me cursing for everything. And then I go to you and try to talk about the love of God to you. What would you, your reaction be? And he said, well, that will be weird. I would not like 
just received. And I said, why? Oh, the way you were talking. I said, so you see, it's important. And I see so many people out there that call themselves Christians, but the way that they speak is not representing God. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you don't get to pick when you're representing God and when you're not. Yeah, it has If you to be, have yeah. decided to follow Jesus, you are an ambassador of yeah. Christ. Yeah. And you have to be mindful of that. Are you going to be perfect? No. But yeah, get it under exactly. the blood. Mm -hmm. Let people know, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm working on this in my life. And then move up from there. Yes, I like um, what Jeremiah 1, 9 says. And, and this is the calling for Jeremiah when the Lord says to him, then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my, he said, then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. And those are, those are, that calling is for us too. You know, that, that calling is on us. So we need God in that, you know, in our words, in the way we talk. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I know there's been times when my mouth is going and I went, just stop it. Just slap myself hard. So I stop it. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a good thing to speak. Rick is going to be a witness to me. Sometimes I'm like, when we, <laughs> when we get into arguments, you know, I'm a little bit more mature now than I used to be. And uh, sometimes I'm like, mm. I'm like, I'm going to buy my tongue, babe. I'm going to buy my tongue. And I like, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm okay now. <laughs> you know, because we're humans. We just want to like, psh, you saved you saved yourself from more <laughs> calamity, <laughs> more problems, more more hurtful words. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So let's be quick to listen and obey the word of God with our words and slow to speak. Yes. Slow to speak. Slow. Listen. Be careful to listen and not speak so fast. Okay? Where is that verse in Proverbs that says your tongue is like the rudder of a ship? Isn't that in Proverbs? No, no that's, that's in James. James. Oh, that's in James. Yes. I should have known it was in James. Yes. Yeah, and what does the rudder of a ship do? It steers the ship. And so your tongue is steering your life, right? You have to be so mindful of that and how important your words are. They really are. Okay, let's jump into a subject called forgiveness and versus unforgiveness. That's a tough one, huh? Let's do ouch here. All right. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. So again, we have Jesus as a good example. What were some of the last things he said on that cross? Father, forgive. Father, forgive them. So um, if he can do it, so can we. All right. And then we also have Mark 11.25. It says, Whenever you stand praying, forgive so that your Father may also forgive you. It's important to forgive. Like we talk about our words. We just talked about them, how words can hurt people. And sometimes we might say things to people and, and uh, hurt, their, hurt them. And maybe it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't. But it's so good to go quickly, mm -hmm. so beneficial to go quickly to that person and say, I really messed up. Yeah. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Will you forgive me? I didn't mean it that way. It sounded that bad. I'm sorry I said that. And hum it's a humbling thing. And vice to ask versa, forgiveness, right? <laughs> it's important to forgive quickly yeah. also right, before right. that festers in your heart. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I have a, a, when I just moved here, I don't know if you remember that story. Oh, yes, <laughs> I know I what you're going to say. Go Can ahead. I share <laughs> <laughs> so this just shows, you know, the enemy is such a, a deceiver, right? Yes, yes. The only grip that he has on us is those open doors that we might give him to be able to put that strife in our hearts. So I just moved from, you know, from Oklahoma. You know, I'm Hispanic, and um, I love my culture and stuff. We're very neat together, you know. You don't, you get into a Hispanic community, it's like your family. And they adopt you and all of that stuff, like your family and the parties and everything, you know. So when I came here, it was a big change for me. Because, you know, there is barely any Hispanics in the community. And if there's some, you know, they, we don't get close. So came here and, <laughs> and something happened. It was so, so, like, stupid. 
And um, I got so offended at Kendra. Oh. And <laughs> I know exactly what she's talking yeah. about. <laughs> and you know, I'm gonna, uh, you're gonna say, and I'm gonna say, you got offended at that, but yes, I did. So she had a birthday party, and she didn't invite my boys to the birthday party. And I was so offended by it. Because in our culture, if we say we love you and you're my friend, every single birthday party, no matter if you have a baby and the birthday party is for a 16-year-old boy, he's invited. Because that's the culture, you know? And here I am thinking there's no way Ian wants to come to Callie's birthday party because he's so much older than her. So I didn't and invite so him. it was like, oh my gosh, I got so offended. I went, I went home. And I was crying, but I'm not talking about I just got upset. I got so offended, and I was crying. My poor Rick comes in the door, and he's like, babe, babe, what happened? What's wrong? He's like, what did I do? What, what I didn't do? And Rick, and, Rick, and Rick is like, why I didn't do? What's wrong, babe? What's wrong? I, I didn't talk. have a clue. I had no clue. So this is only in BJ's heart, right? Exactly. And then I see that Kendra is trying to call me, and I threw my phone, and I told Rick, I said, you answered that phone. I don't want to hear about her anymore. I'm done with her. And Rick is like, what did she do? And he's like, she didn't invite Ian to a birthday party. But the good thing is, then you came over. And you said, I have something to tell you. I said, I cannot let this weird. I have never felt that kind of resentment and anger towards somebody. Really Just the that. matter to think about Kendra made me so mad. And I was like, Rick, I don't like this feeling. This is horrible. And then I got to think how people do carrying that resentment for years. And and people get offended because of an invitation for years, you know. And I went the very next day, and I went, and I said, Kendra, I'm very offended. <laughs> she did. And I was like, what did I do? I have no idea. But she was honest, and she yes. told me. And immediately, yes. I said, Gijay, please forgive me. I did not understand, right? <laughs> yeah. Now we get invited to everything. <laughs> I'm like, who's the first person on the invitation list? It's the Swains. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't. I understand now, you know. Rick has something to say. <laughs> but I should have but known. I, I should have known. <laughs> you know? But you see how, how dumb that, that example sounds? But many times we're carrying resentments for dumb things like that, you know? And let's talk about the serious ones, you know, the, those offenses that really somebody really wrong you. You know, the only person that is getting damaged, carrying that resentment in the heart is you. And God doesn't want us to walk with that in our hearts. You know, in our culture, there is one tribe, you know, we have a lot of indigenous tribes. And there is one tribe where they do their own uh, um, law, like their own little... Um, rules and stuff and so if somebody this really impacted me because there is one that if somebody in that community gets killed or murdered somebody they will grab that body of that person and wrap it around them and they have to go and run all around the town with the with the dead body on top of it and so I was just thinking how many times we're carrying or running a race carrying all those burdens behind us. You know, it doesn't let us advance anywhere. And you know, and, and you might have all the reasons, the justifications, and you might be so rightful to have that resentment in your heart, but it's not worth it. Yes? And it made me, and I was like, well, what? He says, when you're carrying resentment, you are as a puppet that's being controlled. Someone or the enemy, and both sometimes, are controlling your life, 
your actions, your thoughts, and I refuse to be a puppet yeah. in the enemy's hands. Yeah. It's, there is such a freedom in forgiveness, such a freedom. You, the enemy cannot hold you back anymore. You know, if someone did wrong you, let God work on that people's life. Let God, you know, there is some things in my life where people had hurt me. And, you know, until now, until this day, they have never said, I'm sorry for doing that. But guess what? I don't expect it anymore. I'm free. You know? And, you know, I pray God work in their lives. You be the conviction in their lives. I need to run my race. I'm not going to let anything hold me back. So you're saying forgiveness is a decision. It is a choice. It is a choice. You choose to. It's like, you know, the picture that I get when you're walking in forgiveness is like you're carrying blocks of like cement on your feet. Like you're anchored to those cement. As much as you want to run and take off, you can't. They're holding you back. But the day you decide to break those things off, you can run your race without nothing keeping you where you were. You know? It truly is freedom and forgiveness. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So unforgiveness is more, it's a, it's a heart issue for you, not a heart issue for the other person that you're not forgiving. And that's a decision, too. Yes. You're still holding it. Yes, because the only person you can change is yourself. Yep. Their heart is in, it's between them and God, yep. right? So if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, then uh, the only person you can change is yourself. You have to make the decision, I'm going to forgive no matter what that person is doing. Yeah. Should Denise. we give Denny a microphone? <laughs> I'll have to repeat it for the internet watchers. Yes. Go ahead. Hold on. Come, on. come up here, Danny. Hold come on. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, just something that happened to me that I think it's worth mentioning because I don't want to feel that I didn't say it when I was supposed to say it, but... There were so many years that I carried with the guilt of not forgiving myself and not allowing God to work on me mm -hmm. because I usually thought that I was not worthy of more because I couldn't receive it because of what I did. And I kept years, years, years praying, like, I wish I could have this, but I don't deserve it because I did this in my past because I was this kind of person in my past. When I was able to forgive myself, I was able to truly, truly welcome God in my life. Yes, that is beautiful. Thank you, Danny, for that. Yeah. So it, it, it is very important to forgive ourselves, yes. you know, because it's, it's talking, generalizing your know, forgiveness itself with us, you know. It's, it's not just towards other people, because sometimes it might be easier I don't know. Every time we talk about ourselves, it's a little harder, right? And we might be easy to forgive others, but when it comes to our own actions, we're a little bit harsher sometimes. But it's important to do that. And just remember, it is not you in your own. It's through his love, his forgiveness, his redemption, his uh, transforming power that you're now who you are. You're not who you were. That is gone. The moment you come to Christ, or let's say maybe like Denise, you know, she had received the Lord before, but she went astray. But the moment whether you are born again for the first time or you come back again to that love, that moment, it's all made new right there. And so he wants to give you beautiful ashes. But if you don't allow yourself to receive the beauty that God wants to bestow on you, you know, it's like I have a, a friend and I want to give her presents sometimes. And she's like, no, thank you. I don't need anything. No, no, thank you. No, you can take it. You know, you feel like, oh, you know, I was thinking in you. Yeah, but I don't need anything. Thank you. Take it. Take it back. You know, it, and some things were like that with God. God wants to give his own, well, he gave us his own, right? And that's the difference. He already gave it to us, and he's like in front of you, and are you saying, no, thank you. I don't deserve it. No, thank you. And you're like, God is like, but I want you to have this. And we're like, no, 
No, thank you. I don't need it. And we're not even happy. You know what I mean? So thank you for doing that, Denny, because that's important. We have yes, to forgive ourselves. We do. We Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, but God forgives us. So if we just yeah. accept his love. It's not always easy, but yeah. just do it by faith. Yeah. God does love me. Yeah. He does forgive me. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, one thing mom had on her notes over here is teach children now about forgiveness. And I, I pointed to it and said, make sure you talk about that. <laughs> she said, you talk about it. So I think it's, I know when you, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. So when they're old, they won't depart from it. Right now, when their hearts are still soft, when their mm. hearts are moldable, when they have the faith of a child is the best time to teach them forgiveness. That's right. So it's important not only mm -hmm. to teach them forgiveness, but to model it in your own lives. So if you have children at your home and you're arguing with your husband and somebody says, can you please forgive? And one of them says, please forgive me. The other one better step up and forgive them yeah. so that your child can see that happening in their, in your life right now. And that you can be a model and then actually go through the motions with them. So at school, we have this thing called a four part, four part apology. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but number one, um, now I'm going to forget it. You say, say why you're sorry, or you, you try to make it better by saying something better. You say what you're sorry for. You say what you're going to do next. Time. And the fourth one, believe it or not, is please forgive me oh, at wow. school. And, um, and there's like two choices, but I always use that one. And I think that, and then after that, you have to do an action corresponding mm -hmm. with that. So a lot of times I'll say, please forgive me. And then the child will say that and they'll say, now let's go be friends and play on the slide or whatever. And so then there's like an opportunity for them to act like they have mm -hmm. forgiven. Yeah. And so if you, if you are a parent and you're teaching your child that model, how to, mm -hmm. how to forgive in your heart and how to then not hold that grudge later. Yeah. Yes. And don't you at home have them repeat? The uh, love is oh, kind, yeah. love is goodness. Or Roman, or not Romans, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. They don't have to do that very much. <coughs> Learned a lot, but uh, <laughs> Pastor Robert Johnson, who comes for camp meetings sometimes, he said when my kids were little and they were fighting, we would make them say the love chapter out loud, and that's First Corinthians thirteen four through eight. And so now I say, are you guys arguing? Do you need to say the love chapter? And I make them sit on the floor, touch their bare feet to each other, look at each other and say it out loud. And it has been phenomenal because the word of God transforms lives. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know with our boys, when they were fighting, we used to um, have them forgive each other too. And then, all right, I give each other a hug and tell yeah. each other you love yeah. each other. And we do it now when they're children so they develop that habit that priority in their life of how easy it is to forgive yeah. if you do it all the time. Yeah, There's a good song, too, that is, um, I think it's called God is Love by Chris McClarney. Chris McClarney is definitely the writer of the song Michael would know, but for a while, it's the love chapter in song, and for a while, when our kids would start arguing, Michael would have Alexa just start randomly playing <laughs> that, and that was also very effective because it's the word of God, and then they know, oh, wait, this is the way love is supposed yeah. to act. It's not supposed to hold grudges, and it's not supposed to keep record of wrongs, and it's not supposed to demand its own right yeah. in its own way. And yeah. if you're teaching your children the word of God that way, it's very powerful. Yeah. It is. It is easier to train them now that they're little than us that we come to Christ when we are like 30 years old, you know, or older, and you have to relearn all those patterns. And so you're making your children's life easier, even when they try to reject it, you know, they know in the back of their minds when they see other people out, that, out there that they have something special. Even at the moment, they don't appreciate it, right? Well, when the Holy Spirit's <coughs> on the inside of them, yeah. the Holy Spirit is their teacher. Sometimes yeah. you have to bring it to their remembrance, but the Holy Spirit's working yes. on the inside of that them. That is right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Teach children that. Yeah. All right. Okay, I think we have time to do one more <coughs> checkup, and that yeah. is in our attitude. Ooh. Ooh, having an <laughs> attitude of gratitude. Yes. All right. Yep. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amplified yes. says it this way, Thank God in everything, no matter the circumstances. Maybe be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. Now, it doesn't say give thanks in or for the circumstances or for the bad things. Mm. It says in, there's that, there's that little preposition, give thanks in all things, for this is God's will for you. Because what happens when we're thankful? God can move. 
God knows that you're thankful, and he can move in your circumstances where if you're just grumpy and gripey about your circumstances, yes. change it around and, and give God some glory. Give God some room to work in your, in your life by being yeah. thankful. Say, God, I, I don't like this circumstance, but I thank you that you're right here with me in this circumstance. Yeah. And be, you and me, you and I are going to work through this, and you're going to give me the wisdom. All right, thank you for the wisdom to know what to do, but I thank you that you're showing me what to do. Thank you for that wisdom. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be grat- grateful that you're helping me. Yeah. You're my helper. Um, and gratitude helps people feel more positive, ha- or feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. God loves it when we tell Him thank you. How many of us appreciate a thank you for something that we've done for somebody, or, or uh, that we've given somebody something? It's it's awful to do something for somebody and they don't even say thank you. At least in my opinion, I can. That's my opinion. <laughs> and you know, so, gratitude invites the presence of God. It does, What yes. does that say? We enter his courts with thanksgiving. That's good. If yes. you need the presence of God in your life, the number one place you need to start is with gratitude. Yes. yes. And that's, again, that's a decision. We choose that. We choose to be thankful instead of being gripey and complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to be around a complainer? I don't like that. I don't like being around a person like that. Do you? No. So um, having an attitude of gratitude goes a long way with Jesus. And um, there's a scripture in um, another one, and you read this one yesterday, Kendra, Philippians 4, 5. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Jerry Savall says, don't forget the thanksgiving. He said, make your requests known to God, but don't forget the thanksgiving. Always be thankful in your praying. Whenever you pray, ask, you know, say thank you. Thank you, God. And when you say thank you in advance, oh, God loves that. That's your faith talking, that God's going to be working on your behalf, and and he's going to do what what you're asking to do. He's going to give you those petitions that you desire. Thanksgiving, having an attitude. So sometimes we all need an attitude adjustment. We tell our kids that sometimes. Tell my, hu- tell my husband that. You need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> he might tell me that too, right? <laughs> my Thank- husband says, go take a break. Go take a break. <laughs> Do you need a break? Hey, It's a quiet time. Get before the Lord, right? <laughs> Guess what? In Proverbs 15, it talks about this. What oh. is our daily reading today? Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 15 oh, right? Wow. It says in the Passion Translation, it says, everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. But when you choose to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. And in the Amplified, it says um, that second part, he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. So you have to make the choice to have a glad heart, to have a gratitude heart. And it's something you can always find something to complain That's about. That's right. Did you wake up this morning? Are you breathing? Are your bones all intact? Yep. You Are can you always find something to be thankful for. Always. Yeah. Always. 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 All right. Thanks is an expression of appreciation or gratitude and acknowledgement of services or favors given. Who's the best one to tell thanks to? God, right? Right. He's, he's so good. He's so good. Um. So we're thankful this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God and uh, thankful that God loves us, that God cares about us, that he's got a plan for our lives. That Jeremiah 29 11 is one of my favorite scriptures. I remember getting that when I was first born again, about how God has a plan for my life, a plan for happiness, welfare, goodness, and a future. He's got a good future for us because he's a good God. He doesn't have something planned for us that's going to hurt us or destroy us. His plans are always good. That's something to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. When we don't know what else to pray, say, God, I thank you that you have a good plan for my life. Plans for peace, prosperity, happiness, and well-being. And the thing about it is you have to choose that. We have to choose that right? also. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, um, I have set before you life and death, the yes. blessings and the curses. So therefore, choose life. You have to make the decision that you and your descendants may live. Yeah. So it you affects your descendants. You choose Our the choice. plan of God. We can know the plan of God all we want, but if you don't choose it, it's yeah. not going to do any good in your life. That's you the only, that's, I think that's the only stopping block for God to move is ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we open our hearts to do that. You know, Yolanda did a very nice illustration with the youth on, on, on oh, Thursday. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, she was talking about how um, she brought a cup, and she's like, you know, you have the cup, and God wants to pour in you. But if you put your hand on the opening of the cup, and he wants to pour, he can because you're closing it with your own hand. But as long as you take off your hand from the opening of the cup, he can pour whatever. And what did you say? Overflowing. Overflowing. It overflows us. Because we can never outgive God. You might think you're outgiving God, but that is impossible because we can't. That's right. And I think God sometimes double dog dares us. That's a Texas <laughs> term, I guess. To do um, yes. something for people so that he can bless us in return. Yes. He'll never let us outdo his giving. It's in our finances, our giving of baking somebody a pie or helping somebody shovel snow from their driveway. Mm -hmm. Giving your time. Giving our time to somebody. Yeah. He will never, ever let us outdo him. Yeah. And being a, the word, being a doer of the word of God pleases God so much. And yes. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. When we're faithful to the things of God, when we're faithful to our, what's in our Bible, to do those things that our Bible tells us to do, God can bless us. He's a good, good God. Yeah. Amen. And that's, you know, when he tells us to do his word, to do his commandments, it's just so that the blessings can come to us. And that's, that's it. And that's not why we do it. Exactly. We don't but do that. It's a, it's, it's a natural consequence. Yes. You know, yes. in the kingdom of God. It's, that's his, his established, you know. Like you, we open our hearts and that's how he can work in us. You know, and so <coughs> it's, 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 it's worth it, I will say this. Yes, it's worth it's it. It's so worth it. Uh, Dr. Billy Brim, he's, she is a uh, mentor in our lives, and she says, in life's storms, it is the word of God that you do that will cause you to win. Yeah. Storms and the situations and the hard times in our lives, I'll have them because we live in a world, mm -hmm. we live on, on, in the earth with a curse. There's a curse on this earth. And uh, there's situations and trials and tribulations that come against us. But Jesus said, don't worry, because I've been through that. He's, he yeah. was a man. He walked here on the earth and went through trials and tribulations. Yes. But I love that, how she says that. It's a word of God that you do will cause you to win. So let's be doers of the word of God. Yes. Let's honor the word of God in our lives. Yeah. And, and do what the word of God says. Take your Bible and give it a hug. When I'm, when I'm back in the preschool classroom on Sunday mornings, I have, we have these little Bibles and uh, that the Gideon Bibles have. And the children can't read, but we pretend that we can. And, and I, I tell them that I should give them each a Bible. And I said, hug your Bible. Hug your Bible. That Bible is God telling you that, you, that he loves you. Jesus loves you, and he loves you as a child. And, and uh, he loves all of us. And, yeah. and um, I, so we take those Bibles, and we, what we open our Bibles, and we look at the written words in there that it's God loving us. And then we have a race to see who can find the red words. The words are God's, Jesus, the words of Jesus. And when we're done with that, when we're done with our Bibles, I will not let them slide it across the table to me. I said, you have to hand it to me gently. It's precious. It's valuable. It's important. Yeah. Our, our Bibles are, should be an important part of our lives. I, I still like a paper Bible. I'm old school. But I like these girls. They, they prefer a, a paper Bible, too. And if you have one on your phone, that's great. I like having a phone to look up different translations because it's so fast in the U version. So fast. But to study, I, I like a Bible. Yeah. I like a paper Bible. So let's honor the word of God. That's why God gave it to us, mm -hmm. to help us to be a, a steady, something steady, something steadfast in our lives. The word yeah. of God's not going anywhere. That's right. Amen. It's, it's the only thing that won't change. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. What he did for somebody in the, in the Old Testament, Daniel and Moses and Abraham, we find out those stories how God helped those people by them using their faith. They had to use their faith, too. And they didn't even have a Bible. <laughs> so, yeah. At least we have a Bible today, right? That's right. Amen. So God is good. You have something else you want to say? I so. Can I just close with this scripture? Sure. Okay. Psalm 16, 5. I love this scripture. And this is David, you know, um, writing this. And, and you know David wasn't perfect, right? He, 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 he himself... He himself was, you know, went through his, his process. And he said in here, it says, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing.
for my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who counsels me even at night when my thoughts I will always let the Lord guide me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So when we have God and his word and we honor God with our lives, we have a promise in him. So, Okay. Let's just stand up right there where you are. And this is the year, you know, to honor God with our lives. You know, I... I I remember when I was in Christian, I will always say, I am the way I am, and whoever loves me has to love me how I am. If not, there's the door. They can walk out of it, you know, and with a sassy attitude. But now, you know what? After coming to Christ, I say, God, I don't want to be the same. I want more of you. And, you know, we have to get into that mentality, and this is the year for that resetting. That we can tell God, God, I want to honor you with my actions, with my life, with my words. Let your light be seen through all men, through my life. Because, you know, you might be the only Jesus that people can see. And how you're representing Jesus, that's the Jesus they're going to get to know. So let's just make this a commitment that you say, God... I want you with every single part of my being. No me anymore. I want to die to myself, and I want you to be God in me and through me. Close your eyes right there where you are. And if you are right here, Pastor Nancy, go ahead and do the calling. You want to do that calling? Okay. Hallelujah. And we have a, a saying around this church that it's not about religion. It's about a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with a father who really cares about you, who has a good plan for your life. He's such a good, good father. I, I, I lost my father right before I turned 16, and it was right before Christmas. It's a very difficult Christmas. But, and then I'd be at school. People would talk about their old man this and their old man that. I thought, well, at least you still have a dad. Be thankful <laughs> that I've come to know God as my heavenly father. And he's so much better than an earthly father. Earth, I know a lot of good earthly fathers. Don't get me wrong. Good earthly fathers. But God became my father, a father to me, after I accepted his son Jesus into my heart. So I'm asking you if there's anybody here today that's never done that, It'll be a blessing to you to have Jesus in your heart, to have God as your heavenly father. Is there anybody here that's not done that, that you would like to do that today? Please raise your hand, all other eyes closed. If you, that's you, raise your hand up high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid that you've done something so bad that God can never love you. That's a lie. God's got a wonderful plan for your life. Is there anybody here? Oh, praise God. Praise God. What about if at some time you gave your life to God and if the circumstances of life, life got in the way, you turned your back on God? Let me tell you that God hasn't moved. You're the one that has moved, so turn around and go back to God. It's easy. Is there anybody like that in this situation? If accepted Jesus when you were a child maybe or maybe 10 years ago? That's awesome. Hallelujah. All right. Well, God still has a plan for your life. And he's not forgotten you. If you've forgotten him, he's not forgotten you. So come back and say, Father, I'm back. Take my life and do something with it. Like our song, kind of our theme song. Father, do what you want to do in our lives, Father. So let's just all say this. Father God, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you are my father and that you care about me immensely. You're never going to leave me. You're always by my side. And you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're going to be with me by my side forever. And I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Father God. 
I will give your word honor in my life because you are deserving of it. And I praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Father, I feel like there are some that have secret petitions of their heart that's only between you and them. And that as, as, as you um, give them, when we talked about asking yesterday, Father, they're asking you for certain things. But it's, like I said, it's between you and them. So whoever that is, God's not forgotten that. And he'll show you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Just have faith. Tell him thank you. Be, have an attitude of gratitude. Tell him thank you for working in my life. And he's a good father. He'll take care of you. None of us have ever done anything that's worthy of receiving Jesus. But he counts us as worthy. Thank God he does. Because we're potters in his hand. And he's molding us. He's renewing us. As we put our, our hand to the plow, so to speak, making time, being intentional about getting into the word of God. He'll bless us. He'll meet us. And as we do the word of God, blessings are on their way to you. Hallelujah. God loves you. As pastor says, you're valuable and precious, special and important. And say that. I'm valuable. I'm precious. I'm special. And I'm important to God. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.